I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Come through, queen. I want to see you. Come through, queen. Hi, everyone. It's Dan. And Brendan. And this is Come Through Queen. Okay, you know what? I'm going to have some French fries. Do you have honey mustard? Um, you don't yes. got no honey mustard? Yes. Okay, we are killing the game now. I'll take some fries with honey mustard. All right. Hey, Brendan. Hello. So last week we had Brittany Pierre, and that was so much fun. And we have another guest two weeks in a row. It's, it's amazing. We have Hannah... Summerhill of the Kinswoman podcast joining us this week. Hi, Hannah. Hi, guys. It's so good to be here. Welcome. Excited to have another guest. I know. Oh, my gosh. This is a dream come true. I mean, seeing you guys in person do the, hey, Brendan. Hey, Dan. (laughs) It's like, it's it's a thrill. (laughs) I love it. Um, So... I mentioned the podcast that you host. Uh, you host that with your co-host, yes. Izu. Can you tell us about the podcast a little bit? Sure. So Izu and I host a podcast about race and racism. I'm a white woman and she's a black woman. And we aim to break down the gaps that exist between us and talk about race and racism from a place of love and compassion. Yeah. I've listened to a ton of episodes. It's amazing. It's actually funny to see you playing around in the dirt with us here with our reality television while you're tackling like real issues. Um, So we thank you for (laughs) coming down to our level. You know what? There's more overlap than you might think. Um, (laughs) And this is kind of, and Alex may have told you this already, but our next guest recording a week from today is going to be Hannah B of summer house fame. Wow. wow. Will she be recording from the so, summer house? Look at the crossover. She is recording from the summer house. I believe so, because we spoke to her last Monday 
Um, and today, and today was their day off Wow. or no, sorry. So we're recording wow. with her on Tuesday. So she called us from summer house <gasps> last Monday and we did a, a prep interview, a zoom with her because I was totally on board with having her as a guest, as you guys know, mm, yeah. the reason we even got connected was because we have the same agent. So I made our agent connect us Wow. and my co-host Izu, she doesn't really like wait around in the Bravo waters. Yeah. And she was like, why are we going to have this like white reality star on? And I was like, okay, good point. I got a little ahead of myself because I was like, well, let's on. <laughs> then Izu was like, we have to be more picky about the white people we have on, which I completely agree. So we had to, we had to vet her. Um, really Izu had to vet her. And we were, we were both pleasantly surprised with her racial acuity. I think it will still be a really interesting conversation because there, there are, there is a lot to talk about. We'd been wanting to kind of cover what's going on in the Bravo world with all of the race stuff. I don't know how much she can actually contractually talk about. She can't really speak out against her employer, but she seemed extremely open to pretty much to pretty much go there. So I'm I'm very excited for that. So yes, so I this this it's my yeah. world's colliding in the best way. And possible. it's definitely like such a perfect time for you to be joining us because I'm sure our listeners will want to tune into that episode of your podcast. Yeah, like the possibility of hearing Paige Sorbo in the background potentially. <laughs> I love it. I know. I know. Well, Luke was like like came into the frame and she was like, I'm recording a really important podcast, even though this was just like the oh pre-interview. God. And it was such a thrill to know that I was like in some house. You that is also I mean? amazing confirmation because we had questioned whether or not Luke would be in the summer house. Yeah. I, same. What I, I I was like poker facing it, but I wanted to be like, oh my god! Like spoiler alert, yeah. Luke's here. But also, they definitely haven't been quarantining together because Carl lives next door to me, which I found out a couple of months ago. I saw him taking out the trash, and Dave, my husband, saw him recently back in the city, and I saw on Hannah B's Instagram live she was in on Shelter Island with her parents. A couple of days ago. So they're definitely like going back and forth between like home, like their home bases and the oh, summer wow. house. Interesting. Cause I thought, I think we all thought they were staying in the summer house the entire time. Right. Yeah, me too. I thought it was going to be like very secure, like almost <laughs> locked down essentially. Right. Yeah. It seems much more loosey goosey. Right. Yeah. I don't think that's the case based on what I've seen with my own <laughs> eyes. <laughs> wow. So great reporting there. Thank you. Um, let's let's hop into some of the news, and it's actually such a perfect week for you to be joining us. Uh, I'll get to the first story, and then it'll make make a ton of sense. So this is from page six. Leah McSweeney wants more diversity on Roni. So Leah McSweeney is ready for change, and she wants it to start in the Big Apple. The newest Real Housewives of New York star has been actively protesting with the Black Lives Matter movement and is part of Bravo's special, Race in America, of Movement, Not a Moment, airing Sunday. But she thinks there's more that can be done on the network, especially on her show. She told Page Six, I hope that there's not only diversity of race, but an even deeper diversity of where someone lives or what their interests are. I hope there's just more diversity across across the board because New Yorkers are not a monolith, obviously. I think that it's going to head in that direction. Brony has been criticized in the past for its lack of women of color in the cast. 
So, guys. Yeah. I mean, New York has so many, like, so many people in it and such a diverse, we're such a diverse city. So the fact that, like, up until now, there's only been, what, like, one woman of color on the entire franchise. So it's way past due. Right. Right. And I think that when Roni premiered, there was kind of this trend and in the same way with like the first franchise, Orange County, they were really capitalizing on the trend of like the OC coming out in Laguna Beach and like there being a lot of buzz around the like and and like kind of this perception of what the OC is. And when New York came out, it was kind of in the Gossip Girl mm-hmm. era, this like focus on the Upper East Side and this very specific version of what New yep. York was. But now that feels like very antiquated. So I love Leah. I love that she's speaking out. She's she's the perfect transitional cast member to lead New York into into whatever the new evolution is. Because I think the franchise has evolved and and she's completely right. Like New York, first of all, none of them are housewives. None of yeah, them are right. even married. So yeah. Like we need to just rethink the whole the whole thing, but yeah, I'm excited. I think she's completely right and good for her. For do we think up. this means the end of Ramona? Now that we're in like a year where like OGs are dropping left and right, is it Ramona's demise? That's a great question. I mean, I kind of hope yes. However, Ramona's still really great TV. She is kind of reaching, like, she's inching towards Vicky Gunvalson status, where it's hard to have any sympathy for her. Because I can still feel, like, a little a little flutter of sympathy for Ramona from time mm-hmm. to time. But now, because, like, her Instagram and what's happening in the moment is, they're all so intertwined, we have to look at everything holistically and i do think that she's i mean i want to say i want to say she should be gone just for saying all lives matter and if bravo is going to be taking a stand against racist things that their cast members are saying like we can't ignore that at the same time we can't just have like all liberal democrats on bravo there should be some kind of diversity of thought too so this is not in defense of ramona at all but I, I don't know. I'm I'm conflicted on that one. Maybe I would just need to see somebody new and like I forget all yeah, about Ramona. It also would be fun just to watch Ramona around new people is always interesting because yeah. she like squirms a lot. And that <laughs> is fun to watch her. <laughs> I think um I think it was indicative that they talked about the All Lives Matter incident with Ramona at all during that special. Yes. I think this is the perfect like transition for us to talk about that special because they mm-hmm. talked about yeah. uh, Leah was asked about like there was a cast member who had said all lives matter and then Leah gave her take on it. But they but Ramona, if I remember correctly, was not uh spoken of by name. So, she wasn't. Yeah. So the fact that like mm-hmm. I think it's like mixed. The fact that they were talking about that is not good for Ramona's fate. Mm-hmm. But they Agreed. did protect her by not Agreed. like saying her name. So it's kind of like two sides of the coin. Well, yeah, I guess they'll be wanting to wait to see like how the reunion shakes out. True. And it'll be so interesting if that comes up in their socially distanced reunion. Yeah. 
Right. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy because we none of those politics like social justice, things that were happening in the culture really were never discussed on the housewives until the unavoidable election of 2016 yeah. mm-hmm. came up and we started I remember even feeling shocked that they were covering like Carol's watch party and it just feeling like this totally new foreign thing but I I love it because I want to bring more reality into they should be bringing more reality into reality television so I really hope that they bring it up and I I honestly think Leah will go yeah. there like she clearly yeah. gives It's interesting that you say that about like the politics not being included because Dan and I for our Patreon recently just did an entire rewatch of Real Housewives of DC and like one of the first questions during the reunion and you asked them point blank like are you a registered Democrat or a registered Republican and it was very interesting because half of them were Republicans half of them were Democrats but it wasn't like it wasn't as spicy as that question would be probably this year. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what did yeah. you think of the special that aired, Anna? I I loved the special, and I watched it with my husband, who is a black man. He also loved it. He felt like they covered so much ground. I think it was like yep. an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought the way they formatted it was great. It was like true to what Bravo is about. Um, but the way it highlighted so many different things in, in a short amount of time, I just thought was, was really powerful. I mean, he could certainly relate to so much of, of what they were talking about, you know, just, you know, his name is Dave, you know, and he's a black man. Um, so talking about like naming their kids and, and Candy's husband, Todd, you know, talking about asking his mom, why is my name Todd? We, you know, he, that resonated so Mm -hmm. much with him, um. I think showing a diversity of black voices too was awesome because, you know, for, for um, Beverly Hills, when you have a singular black voice like Garcelle, you can see how, like how much that actually sucks. How, even if that looks like progress, it's not really because she's yeah. standing on her mm-hmm. own. So I love seeing her. I love specifically seeing Garcelle in that environment with the, a range of diverse voices of color. And we were just like, I mean, everyone's been saying this, but just give Garcelle her own show yeah. with her own <laughs> friends. Um, but I thought it was so, so powerful. I I haven't been following along with Bronwyn's, um, you know, posts and Instagram. And I actually fell off of OC this past year. But I was pleasantly surprised to see her, to see those two white members um, of the group, her and Leah, speaking up. And I'm glad they didn't center their voices too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it also wasn't like a mocking either. I thought it was great. Yeah. I, pro, bravo. Bravo for bravo. bravo. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I'm glad that they did. I'm glad that they allowed them all to be together and talk. I was worried that they would be like sectioned off into different groups. And I liked seeing all of them together so they could all react and you would see different people reacting to different people all the time. Sure. It was great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I like that there was such good choices in terms of the casting of it like we had a few husbands with a few uh white women yeah we went across a bunch of the different shows between potomac atlanta beverly hills the married to medicine franchises Mm -hmm. Uh, there was just so many and even that one guy from top chef Mm -hmm. so i thought that was great and then i think nina parker as the host did an amazing job 
Yeah, so happy we did not have Andy Cohen hosting this from the Hamptons or whatever. <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh. I mean, I thought this was such a big improvement yes. from that Watch What Happens Live special. Mm-hmm. Like, this felt like very t- like focused, topic-driven. And the thing with Portia was kind of loose, like Watch What Happens Live is. But then I felt like mm-hmm. it suffered because of that. Right. Yeah, watching Andy, I mean... Andy Cohen, who has, you know, famously asked the housewives, what yeah. plastic surgery have you gotten done? And then watching him say, like, right off the bat, basically, like, so tell me about your trauma as a black woman. Hearing a white guy say that, I I, I cringed. So having a black host absolutely mm-hmm. was the way to go. Like, it needed to, it needed to be, like, by and for from the black gaze, not yeah. from the gaze of Andy Cohen. 1,000%. Um what was I going to say? Yeah, just not having him not there, a part of it. It's just like you could feel that a different producer was on this. And thank God for Candy and all of the other people who produced this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And good for her. Good for Candy. So it is going to re-air a few times. I'm sure they're going to like air it a bunch of times on the network. So you can probably set your DVRs. Additionally, they have added it to the Bravo app. And if you log on to like their website, but that's always like tricky in terms of like, you need to log in with your cable subscription or whatever. I feel Mm -hmm. like they would Mm -hmm. benefit from adding, like throwing it on their YouTube channel as well. Yeah. Agreed. And who knows? They might, sometimes they do that. Yeah. On this note, I think it's like the perfect transition to talk about the New York times article that dropped today. Uh, I could not believe it. <laughs> like waking up to this was amazing. Amazing. Like beautiful photos. I might go get a copy of the New York Times after we record this so I can have the physical thing for Portia. There is no there is no highbrow lowbrow anymore, guys. There isn't. It's just I brow. Like it. <laughs> or, right, it's just brow. It's just a unibrow. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so this is from actually one of our favorite writers, Katie Weaver. Mm-hmm. So that was like an amazing byline to see on this. Yeah, she used to write for Gawker and had, was amazing. Yeah. So this is in the New York Times and it's titled Portia in Protest. This is a very lengthy article. So we're not going to like read the whole thing. But I wanted to like pull out a few snippets of the piece and we encourage everyone to go check it out. You'll find it in, in two seconds. Just set, search Portia in Protest. Um, But this is what I wanted to share. So Portia stressed she wants white fans to give as much consideration to her off-camera rights and safety as they do her cheeky bonbons. If viewers feel unaligned with the Black Lives Matter movement, Ms. Williams suggested, I would like for them to further educate themselves. Portia said of Bravo's response to the movement, For me, being an African-American woman working for a network that I'm part of their number one show, which is African-American women, I am proud of them. She added that the network had phone calls with uh, the Black talent about what's important to us and what changes we would like to see. Ms. Williams felt, too, that her castmates' estimations of her had shifted over the past months. She said, I think I've gained more of their respect. They can see me sacrificing. They understand that not all brands want to support a cause such as this. Several co-stars sent texts expressing support and asking how they might help. Behavior, she said, 
did not surprise her despite several seasons worth of past conflicts. She said, I know these black women, these black women are strong. These black women are vocal and these black women are able to set aside any differences that we are having. She also continued with exemplary shade. So I'm proud of a few of these women and we're doing for sure. <laughs> Asked if any white housewives had been helpful, Ms. Williams attacked diplomacy. Um, you know, she began before breaking into a peal of laughter. I haven't really talked to any of the white women. Listen, she said after flashing a winning smile. Even though we've been in quarantine, I've been busy as hell. Amazing. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, the the whole article goes into like her history, the legacy with her grandfather, Hosea Williams. And I do think like she has completely redeemed herself from the moment that people love to throw in her face in terms of like the, that whole underground railroad scene back in the day with Phaedra. Right. Um, like, I feel like for people to bring that up now is dismissing everything that she is doing. They haven't been paying attention. Yeah. Are people bringing that up? Yeah. Uh, always. Yeah. Yeah. In the really? comments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's mostly uh, like if there's a post about, I want to say it's like a post about, Portia on like Bravo TV's Instagram or something like that. And people will be like, well, what about when she didn't know about the Underground Railroad or whatever? Yeah. It's ridiculous. We're all always growing. For sure. True. And like, good point. I, it was interesting that like that special that aired coincided so closely to when Portia got arrested for her involvement with a Breonna Taylor protest. Mm-hmm. Right. So it just like, sh- shows like how active like she, like she'll go from filming to protesting back to filming i really hope that all of this is part of her atlanta next season storyline cuz like yeah. it, it would be a mistake for them not to focus on this right exactly i mean i hope that they bring more of this into the conversation like, it would be great. I mean, I would love to see conversations about race had in Beverly Hills. You know, I think they should be having conversations about race on all of the on all of the franchises. But I mean, it's it's awesome to see her work being taken so seriously, like in the New York Times. Yeah. That is so that is so badass. And we can't diminish who these women are or what they do yeah. just because they're reality stars. Yeah. So I'm, I know. Like, I'm so proud of her. Yeah, I, I her Instagram post about it today. It's like you could see how proud she was to be in the new york times it was amazing yeah amazing i think that like that one of the first quotes i mentioned in this article like really jumped out at me in terms of the white viewers of atlanta yeah you can't pick and choose like oh i only want to be interested in the fights on camera and like the drama and like the funny confessionals she is a whole person outside of the show as well so i thought that was Mm -hmm. Uh, an interesting part of the interview. Totally. Definitely. It, it actually, it was so interesting. I think she mentioned something about digital blackface and being used, you know, in gifts and memes and by white people. And that was a topic of our episode today. We recorded today and the, the topic was digital blackface specifically. So I, I do feel like it's, she brought up such a great point. It's, I mean, she said she had no problem with yeah. it. Um, yeah. 
But if you're going to be using and appropriating her in some way, you need to be supporting her and the scope of who she is. And I think that is such a good analogy for how white people look at black culture in general. Like, don't just take what you want and what's funny and what and don't co-opt what's cool. Like, actually, like, learn the history, fully appreciate, know, know what you're taking mm-hmm. and, and know the context behind it. Yeah. Totally. Um, should we move over to Roni reunion? So the Real Houses in New York taping is taping their reunion at Oheka Castle on Long Island. The Real Houses in New York are giving royalty a new meeting. Luann shared the location in an Instagram story on Wednesday after Ramona bashed Luann, or yeah, Luann and Sonia for being an hour late to the taping. Quote, I'm here at the studio waiting to film, but guess what? Guess who's an hour late? Sonia, Morgan, and Luann. I mean, really, girls? This is too disrespectful. The fact that we can do a reunion in person is so incredible. They have such a great staff here, and they're holding us up by an entire hour. If I can get up, you sure as hell can get up, and I'm so upset with them. So Tinsley Mortimer, who's 44, flew in from Chicago, uh, where she's currently living with Scott Kluth. Um, She did so weeks ahead to comply with quarantining rules. Most notably, Oheka Castle was featured as the location for Kevin and Danielle Jonas's 2009 wedding and Taylor Swift's Blank Space music video. Liam Payne and Rita Ora filmed the music video for their song For You at the Estate. Gossip Girl, Royal Payne, Succession, and other television shows have also shot scenes on the premises. Wow. Wow. Hannah, did you... Storied venue. Did you catch the looks that were posted onto Instagram? I did. I actually, I figured you guys would be talking about the look. So I, I don't actually follow the housewives. Like your, your, your knowledge is much more encyclopedic and complete than mine. But I did look at all their looks. I loved the all black. I actually thought they all looked beautiful. Um, Dorinda's dress was meh. Uh, Tinsley with the ball gowns. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, when is she going to grow up? Like, when is she going to, like, go through puberty? It's like, it's like she, she looks like she's perpetually at her Deb ball. Yeah. I want to say with Tinsley, though, like, when she first joined, it annoyed me more. And I feel like it was also more drastic when she first joined. Now that she is in her mid-40s, it's kind of like, okay, I guess, like, you're still getting away with it somehow. (laughs) Right. Like Tinsley is living in her glory days yeah. forever in like the yeah. mid to late 2000s, which in a way is like kind of endearing. Yeah. She's the hottest thing on the Chicago scene now. I know. Good for her. So is she going to be a clue? I guess. Um, speaking of Tinsley, she was spotted yesterday at a drive in drag show in Chicago with her and Scott in the dogs watching like, I think it's the drag race tour that's going around right now Oh wow! with like Jada Essence Hall, Evie Oddly and all of those people, Tinsley and Scott in the audience. Love it. I guess people are like thirsty for any entertainment they could take. Cause I don't picture Tinsley as a drag fan or a drag race fan. I'm like, wondering how she got there. I wonder if like the production company who's putting it on, like specifically invited them because they knew she lived in Chicago and they wanted like some buzz around it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I am glad that we now have confirmation that this did take place 
the actual like reunion filming in person. I'm curious to see how it looks. We've seen a few pictures in terms of like the women are all seated in individual chairs. There's no like uh, seating going on. Uh, I mean, like this is just going to be exciting to watch something that's not a Zoom call. I know it's so weird, like where the line will be as far as like how they're complying and following the rules. Because for me, it's like if you're going to be doing an in-person reunion at that point, you're all together anyways. (laughs) Like, let's just sit on the same couch together. But I'm glad they're on different chairs, I guess. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's some some return to normalcy, which I'm I'm so grateful for. Mm hmm. Yeah. So I think that is pretty much it for the news this week. Why don't we jump into some Beverly Hills? Okay. Okay. So we're picking up with, with like the women splitting off into two separate hotel rooms. Oh my gosh. Yes. We have Garcelle with Denise and Dorit. And I thought it was interesting for Dorit to be with uh with them me too i loved it i do, i love it too because i like that dorit is really playing all sides mm-hmm. she is she's doing it beautifully she has mastered she's she's mastered the game in a few short seasons I know. and that's absolutely the room that i would have wanted to be in and and it reminded me of like so many like having been in a sorority and been on like a million bachelorette parties like to see these women who are in their 40s and 50s doing the same thing, like, it was a little <laughs> bit sad. But also, like, I like I went on the craziest bachelorette party of my life last year to Rome. Oh it, was, it wasn't mm. mine. It was, it was somebody else's with, like, 10 women. So I'm kind of getting I'm, – I'm a little bit having PS, PTSD watching this. Um, episode, but yes, I was having flashbacks to that trip. But I love seeing, I love seeing how we're breaking, breaking, we're splitting the group into the rooms and seeing those dynamics. Yeah, I kind of wish Sutton was in the room with them too. I think she wishes she was too. You think so? Wait, with with Denise? Yeah, mm-hmm. she was in that room. No, she no. wasn't. But I think like she belongs oh, there. Like I think she is. Mistakenly thinking like the Kyle, Rena, Erica room is the place to be, but it's not the place to be. Good point. Yeah, because she went shopping with. Well, she did. She went shopping with Dorit and Kyle. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. right? Okay. Yeah, but yes. I think like people online are kind of like lumping her in with the other three, as far as like those are the ones that I care about now. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. sp- speaking of Sutton, she got all the ladies those like custom hunter rain boots with their initials bedazzled onto the boots. It's just like for a gift to bring for everyone to a trip abroad when everyone has limited space in their luggage to take yeah. up all that space with those giant hunter boots is a mess. Uh, agree. And then I didn't think much of it until... Dorit mentioned like is she buying her friends I've gotten this amazing clutch and I've gotten this and I've gotten that and there is something about that that just is a little it's sad to me about her she's like the new girl trying to buy her friends and poor Sutton I don't know I'm still on the fence about Sutton and 
it, it did make me sad when she was crying in the dressing room. Oh my god, yeah. Wouldn't come out. I gotta say, I like I agree with her. I don't like shopping with anyone. Like I always like shopping by myself. I don't even Same. like really shopping with Alex. Just because I will take so long, like I will, like I'll grab a bunch of clothes. Oh, you will. Oh, yeah. And then, like, I just want to like try everything on, maybe try different combinations of stuff, see how I feel. Like, I don't want the pressure of someone else waiting for me or anything like that. I had an experience with you at a Dave and Buster's where you took like <laughs> forty-five <laughs> minutes to pick the little prize that you got from your tickets. And I actually, I'm so we were happy. We were all waiting for you. <laughs> I, I'm actually, I loved what I picked. I picked this like Super Mario mug that changed like the scene when you poured something hot into it. I oh man, I made. What's the ta- what's the timestamp on this on this event? It was like 2018. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh my god. No, I love it. I mean, I can I can totally relate. I. I've gone through every emotion there is looking at myself in a dressing room mirror and then to like do that in front of cameras and and especially in front of Dorit who just like, she looks like a model. I would, I would feel the same way. I'd feel so, I I felt for her in that moment, but it was also sad. It's also sad because it's like, well, I don't know. You're on a show. You're on a reality show. It, Maybe just don't take people shopping. Don't go into the dressing room yeah. then. I mean, she did orchestrate this whole scenario. So it's like right. interesting mm-hmm. that she's breaking down from the event that she planned. Also, exactly. We saw her go and try on something at the other Dolce, Dolce & Gabbana suite in New York. Yeah. No, and the producers really did her dirty on that. Uh, before before the, the ladies split into their like shopping and wine tasting groups, we had like that Denise and Rena sit down. Oh my goodness. Oh which like Rena is really becoming the villain of this season. Does Rena think that she looks yes. good? Like between this and her behavior on social media since like everything she's done, does like what is what's up with her? What's going on in social media? She's just posting a lot of like cryptic Instagram stories, like implying things about people's kids and stuff like that, especially after what Garcelle said about her and her kid during this week's episode. Oh, yeah, that was this week's episode. So what Garcelle said, in case anyone forgot, was, oh, my God, where is it? Okay, dancing nearly naked for me would not be a choice if I had a daughter with body issues. Yeah, I mean, it was probably hard to hear, but. Garcelle's a hundred percent on like she's right and I'm I'm grateful for her honesty. Yeah. But I knew Rena wouldn't like that. Rena Rena's like she doesn't take to being criticized very well. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I was actually shocked to see that come from Garcelle. Because like we have right. not had that from her at all this no, season. No, we haven't really had a strong opinion about Rena from her. Yeah. Yeah. So I did think that was interesting. But Rena looks terrible i mean denise i mean what's going on behind denise's face there's i mean we find out she couldn't get a flight home but just seeing her sit there all calmly but also like asking rena like why weren't you a good friend why would you do this to me like rena's still playing and rena's like playing this villain but denise is like no like for a second you're my friend and like without the cameras here, without Bravo, 
bravo, bravo, fucking bravo. Like, why would you do this to me? Like woman to woman. Like I felt like it was an honest, it was an honest plea. And I, I'm, I am team Denise. I have no idea what actually happened and went down. And there's, she's definitely lying, but about something, but I, Rin is her friend and Rin is prioritizes the show over her family, her friends, Mm -hmm. any real relationship. So, so that was hard. That was hard to watch. I think that's so interesting. And Rinna is the one who like is the only one who does it so unabashedly. Like you can tell she's prioritizing like the greater good and making a good TV show over like all these relationships she's had. And I feel like we don't have any other housewife who is like that, especially with these relationships that have been like decades long, you know? Yeah. Right. I was going to say like maybe Tamara, like Mm. with her kid. Yeah. 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 True. I think Vanderpump did it, but in a very different way. Like Vanderpump would try to do what Rinna is doing more behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Than so blatant. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Because we have to believe in the friendships, in the relationships of these women in some and way. I do believe that Rinna and Denise had a relationship for decades. And I do believe that Rinna and Garcelle had a relationship for decades. And I think like we're seeing... Garcelle in public react to her friends like throwing her under the bus just for the sake of this stupid TV show all the time. And Garcelle's kind of like, what the like what the hell? Yeah. I thought it was actually interesting. Garcelle brought up that she had reached out to Denise during her own divorce. Oh yeah. Which I didn't even realize like they were that like I they had talked about being friendly but like i feel like that's something you would only do to someone like you consider a true friend reaching out to someone about your own divorce yeah i mean like hollywood's weird in that way where like she saw she saw denise going through all the charlie sheen shit so like Mm -hmm. hollywood's weird in that way that i believe her that she would just reach out even if they're not that that close yeah yeah i really like their friendship i think Garcelle is the lifeboat. They're each the lifeboat that the other needs because honestly, without them, like they're on, they're both kind of on their own. Yeah. And I don't know, is this like, is this supposed to be Denise's last episode? Like, is she, is she done after this? I think this, this next one is when she actually finally does leave. And then I'm not sure she films again with them. Mm. I was wondering, like, was she filming her confessionals like after she'd, left the show yes because there's the scene in the in the trailer that we got before the season aired where it's like she sits down and she decides and the producer's like are you ready to talk about everything right she gives that yeah it's my phone backgrounds (laughs) (laughs) i thought it was also interesting that comes up that kyle was dragged into the Joanna Krupa, Brandy Glanville right. lawsuit. Yeah, that was, that was unexpected. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I missed that season, or did that? That didn't happen on a season, right? It happened on what happened, happens like, live. Oh my god. Okay. So I only saw about that, like read about this in the headlines. Didn't know that Kyle had any involvement but i also do think kyle is like because her sister is so close to brandy there's kyle might be a little like brandy blind right now i know they have a long history 
But I also think it's like she's always going to have so much love in her heart for her sister. And if like Brandy and her sister are so close right now, I don't know. Not that it's a conflict of interest, but Kyle has clearly been hating on Denise from the beginning of this season. Yeah, right. It definitely skews her opinion on the matter. So what did Kyle have to do? She had to like be a character witness for Brandy. Well, I think she was kind of like deposed, but then they ended up not using her as a witness. What is deposed? Like, like under oath answering questions. Oh, wow. Interesting. That's so weird. Yeah. (laughs) I know it is funny to bring the law into into, (laughs) such a ridiculous thing. Uh, I but also it, and, it, and it kind of gave it gave a little bit of credibility to like to Kyle's point like under oath I yeah. do I do not believe that Brandon <laughs> Glanville is a liar. <laughs> it's just it, I feel like this whole season they've been extremely unfair to Denise and they might have her back had you know the whole had not everything else happened that happened this season. Yeah. Which yeah. I felt like was really just based and rooted in so much jealousy. I think that these Beverly Hills women, like, they prioritize and value youth and beauty and money above so much else. And here's Denise, who has confidence wearing bootcut jeans and combat boots. You know, not, I, I don't know if Denise has had like a lot of work done, but she's naturally beautiful. She, yeah. to me, looks naturally beautiful. You know, she has this young husband. I think there's like an element of jealousy over her, her actual career mm-hmm. her and her confidence that like, like for, for Kyle, especially like really rubs, rubs her the wrong way. Yeah. I mean, like, that's the thing. Denise still is really famous and like a part of like many iconic roles in movies and stuff like that, that these women will never have. Like in, they can't take that away from her. I think there's another meta level to this in terms of I am certain at this point, especially with a second season, she is probably by far and away the highest paid of them all. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a great point. So to take her down benefits them because if she leaves the show, there's more money than get across the other ladies. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's such a good point. But I always feel like Kyle's intimating that Denise is white trash. Oh yeah. At the same yeah. time. For you know, sure. like For the sure. the ragamuffin comments and Alex and I were actually talking about this. Like when I saw how mad Kyle got about the ice sculpture, the diamond ice sculpture, yeah. I was like, Oh, Kyle thinks it's tacky that Denise is like nodding to the show. Yeah. Like that she's that she's referencing the diamond that they hold. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. I which I love that about Denise that it's like, it's like the show's a part of my life. So the show's going to be in the show. Like she's had mugs that say real housewives in her kitchen cupboards that I've caught in the background. Mm-hmm. And clearly yeah. she's, she's saying bravo, bravo, fucking bravo. But I think it's kind of amazing. But Kyle has this air of like being queen bee and being like in the fancy franchise. And I think that also like steps that steps on her toes. Cause I think Kyle's like, you need to be like this. Like, you want to be one of us, like, you need to be like this. And Denise doesn't care. Yeah, yeah, I think that's part of it, too. Like you said, she's now Queen Bee, now that Lisa's out of the picture. So she will squash anyone who tries to, like, come for any fan favorite or, like, any Mm -hmm. who, like, fans start to like, you know? Speaking of fan favorite, 
Dorit getting the ladies waiting for her for, was it 45 minutes or an hour? It was like something like that. And the question is, was it worth it? Alexa, play Worth It by Fifth Harmony. Oh, I mean, like that, like Dorit sauntering in with that iconic look. I... I just love the balls on her. <laughs> the best thing is that like her and Erica had similar hair, but Dorit yeah. just like the look was so much better. I know. Dorit is Dorit's really come for Erica's crown. Yes. She's usurped her. In this reversal, like I feel like she she took notes. And weirdly, Erica has conceded it. Yeah. Like yeah. you'd think like Erica looked amazing. They 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 both looked beautiful. Um I love that they I love that they all have this this flair for pomp and circumstance. It's so much fun to watch, especially when we're not getting a ton of plot. Yeah. Like besides mm-hmm. what we're in right now. It's like, yeah, you better you you better look good. So I thought they looked amazing. Kyle looked terrible. <laughs> Kyle notoriously is bad style, but like for Queen B, it's just like, ooh, it's it's really it's really tacky. She perpetually looks new money, and Doritos too, new but in money. a way that's like really fun yeah. and really yeah. campy, and like she has fun with it. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm I'm loving Dorit this season. I feel sorry for Erica. I feel like Erica, yeah, she gave it up. She's. I feel like Dorit's kind of the new Erica, like the one that we all have eyes on. Yeah. But I yeah. feel bad for Erica. But I don't know why she's not giving us a lot. And the weird thing about Erica is she used to kind of like, to quote Candy Burris, fly above the drama. But like, Mm -hmm. she's like letting herself become one of Kyle's minions this year. And it's so weird to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's like a deadness behind the eyes. And it's really sad to watch. So like, I'm watching this with my husband. He's never seen this before. And I was like, I just want to give you a taste of old Erica. Like you need to know how it used to be. So I pulled up the, I pulled up the clip, you know, when they're in Hong Kong or took, you know, the famous fight that she gets into with Elaine. Cause I'm like, I need you to see what this woman is capable of (laughs) just to give you a flavor. And so it's, I mean, it's nice to see her, her, she dressed up for this episode, but I actually thought that she'd like fired Mikey because the first several episodes of the season, he wasn't anywhere and she there were no like montages of her getting ready mm-hmm. and she wasn't looking all that great so like yeah. something's going on there something something sad she's dealing with we're also not getting like any we're getting a little bit of tom but like remember when she went down to georgia to like see her mom and like mm-hmm. we got like mm-hmm. the soft side of erica we're just we're we're not getting a lot of dimension i think like they're saving it all for the chicago moment at the end of the season mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I think Chicago is her storyline this year, and she's not trying to give us anything else. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm on Broadway. Right. Yeah. yeah. Good point. <laughs> Good point. So I think the only other thing is, like, they're all at dinner, and it's kind of just, like, a repeat of dinner from the night before. Right. And that's where we ended, right? Was it Was it a to yeah. be continued? I mean... Okay, so this was just, this is where things get really ridiculous with Denise, is when she says Mm -hmm. that Brandy has said that she has slept with other people in the group. Mm -hmm. And she delivered it in a way that was believable, but to, I think, Teddy's point, or Rena's point, why wouldn't you have brought that up the night before when your back was up against a wall? 
Because if that right. was true, you would have said, wait, this is insane. Brandy said the same thing about you guys. You guys, she's crazy. You know? Yeah. That would have been the natural reaction. But to go so, like, like the night, like, after she's had, like, a day to think about it, and, like, that's what yeah. she came up with, it was like, what's And it was, like, that? so easy for them to put her in a corner with it, where, like, they all, instead of, they all decided to, like, pretend like they were personally offended that it was implied that they slept with brandy when the actual point was that denise is or brandy's a liar you know well i mean like like denise's story even changed from this night to the night before in terms of like when was the last time she spoke to brandy like it's very damning yeah yeah so we'll be picking up back in rome very soon why don't we hop over to mexico with the roni ladies Oh my god, this was yeah. so much fun. It, it was fun, but it's like this is a season unlike I think any franchise has had. Right. Okay, so first off, I had a sighting yesterday of Leah in my neighborhood, <gasps> which was really oh like I was like, this is all meant to be. I'm going on Country Queen tomorrow. I'm seeing Leah. <laughs> she was sitting outside at Charlie Bird um, in Soho having a brunch date. But I got a I got got a great look at her. Appeared to be you know her hair looked you know was long and down and straight, and she was just chatting and we made eye contact. Um, and I wanted to say something, but then it was like 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 shots fired came to mind. But then it was like I'm not. I'm sure she's heard that so many times. But it was just, it's always fun to see them out and about. Yeah. So I, I love mm-hmm. seeing I love seeing them in the wild. And she she looked great. That's all I can really say. She was enjoying herself. Yeah. I mean, you were. Was she wearing a sheer bucket hat? No, she wasn't. Sad. You were, a, you were a good New Yorker to leave her alone. That was very New York of you. I, I thought so. I've, I've had many run-ins over the years um, with these ladies. I, I've seen Sonia thrice. And had a drunken conversation with her once at the Mark Hotel, um, where she basically just like bashed Kelly Ben Simone. Was like, at the time I was working at Shape Magazine, and she and Kelly Ben Simone had been on our cover. And I asked Sonia what she thought about that, and she was like, she slept her way to the top, and she was just like going. she, She was just like unleashing. And then another time I saw her on the subway. Oh, yeah. surprising. Yes, surprising. And then another time I saw her um, in Central Park walking her dog. That was most recent. Oh. So, yes, I love seeing the ladies. I love seeing the ladies of New York. Yeah, mm. definitely. So Ramona's like hiding on the beach. Oh, my God. And then the women are like going to go talk to her one by one. Like first, Dorinda tries. But like Dorinda's in no oh my God. state to be talking to anybody, really. Because everything, she's in one of those states where everything, every conversation she has turns into a fight because of her. This was yeah. so hard to watch. It was so hard to watch. Yeah, I really, Dorinda's, there's such a darkness around Dorinda this year. And you, you can see that moment where she just flips and turns and she's so defensive. I mean, but then also like Ramona is like, it, there's between the two of them, it's like, it's like what I'm siding with Lou. Like Lou's the sane one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's wild. 
but Ramona, the way Ramona was talking to 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 all of them actually reminded me so much of Trump. That kind of like gaslighting, like mm-hmm. I'm the normal one. You guys are all crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, she's the one who's telling Dorinda, "You have a drinking problem. You and Sonia, you should go to AA." And it's like throwing the AA around when like people, multiple people in this cast have been to AA. It's like Ramona. Stay out of it, you know? Yeah, please. Uh, Ramona is the best drunk of the group, but she's the worst person. Yeah, yeah. That's the perfect synopsis of this. Right. And to me, it's kind of just wild that she would use that line of attack when season four was like, half of it was Jill saying the same thing about her. Mm. If we remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. So then, so Dorinda comes back upset. Lou goes to talk to Ramona. Lou comes back, relays what Ramona says. I mean, like, it's funny because, like, we just saw this happen in the Berkshires and it was so dirty then. And, like, Dorinda took nothing from what happened in the Berkshires and is back to saying, and you went to jail. Oh, like, railroading Luann. I felt horrible for Luann in that moment. Yeah. I really did. And she doesn't inspire sympathy in me really often at all. <laughs> yeah. but yeah. I felt so bad for her. Dorinda was vicious and it's all Dorinda's bullshit, like pouring out and she can't, she, she knows it, but she can't see it and she won't cop to it. Or, or Luann gives her so much, has, gives her more grace than I think that she deserves because Dorinda needs like, a, Dorinda yeah. needs a come to Jesus moment. Like Dorinda needs, she's asking for a mugshot. Like she, she needs to fall down on her face so that she can't use this as a weapon against her friends. Cause clearly it's her biggest fear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have like uh, the quote unquote intervention with her coming up next week, which I think is more coupled with like anger and this and that. I anger think- and like grief and all of that. Yeah. Too. I, but I don't think she learned much. I don't think anything transpired from there because since the season has been airing, she has been not changing her tune online at all. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see how it is addressed at the reunion and what her response at the reunion. She doesn't is. budge. That's that's the problem with her. She she yeah. won't budge. She won't give yeah. an inch. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that the next morning we have a FaceTime from Sarah McSweeney. I feel like. There's so much Sarah McSweeney up here and there that they're like preparing to possibly include her. I think so too. I just think the audiences from comments I read, I think think she's such a weirdo, but that would be so fun to have another weirdo on the show, like an Alex McCork kind of weirdo. Yeah, I, I agree. And it, we do. We need more people on this show at this point. I mean, the five feels feels light especially when small. you look at like like seven feels like a lot but five feels way too small mm-hmm. so six i feel like that's that i or seven but six is the sweet spot i mean we've had eight on new york and that was one of my favorite seasons right yeah. right yeah so five just feels i mean they're all this, they're all incredible but we need some we need something else i mean well we have a lease technically I mean, but i don't know where she was we we were gonna have seven this season because brit uh because Bethany quit like the day before filming started and then Tinsley left halfway through. 
I'm actually not missing Bethany. I, I mean, I, I, I do miss her, yeah, but like, yeah. this is a great, this is a pretty good season without her. The only thing that Bethany brought that I think we could get from other housewives is like stability. She was the one who was like never off the re- rails like the other yeah. women. And I think like someone like Heather Thompson could bring that, like just someone who's not fucking getting blackout drunk every single night. And like, I guess Ramona's not, but then Ramona is just her own beast of like things that come with her. Yeah. So we need someone who's like stable. Yeah. Leah has talked about that she has uh, been sober for a few months now, and I think plans on continuing that. So it would be interesting if she do- if she continues to become a more more of a voice of reason. Mm-hmm. She was mm-hmm. very subdued in this in this episode. It looks like she yeah. was we she was trying not to drink specifically. Yeah. Which I felt like was a good look. I I I felt like she held yeah. it down. She held she and Lou held it down for us this episode. For sure. <laughs> Leah and Ramona have like their little sit down, but I don't I think like Leah was just ye- yesing her to just get through it. I actually love the way Leah handled that because she could have oh, yeah. like turned it into this big scene for, for the show. And she just like, she was clearly just exhausted and tired and was like, okay, Ramona. Okay. All right. What are you going to say? Okay. Like I, I appreciated that she, it was such a, a great paradox, I think of personalities. Yeah. I, I mean, I think she's like trapped on this trip with Ramona. So it's in Leah's interest to just, push through it it's not like she would go home after like a blow up with ramona right now Mm -hmm. right so i'm curious to see like when it really goes down between them at the reunion i feel like leah's been teasing that that will occur and leah has a lot of ammunition like given just stuff that's happened since march like between covid between ramona all lives mattering all across the internet Mm -hmm. she's got a lot yeah so we have that little day out with the camels. Lou has conquered her fears. Oh conquered. my God. There's a whole comedy in this one. It was great. <laughs> I mean, Luann may not have been thrown off a camel, but she made up for it by getting knocked in the face on the volleyball I mean, court. You could not have played that better. That was like beautifully <laughs> executed. I, yeah. I mean, I feel, I feel, I felt, I feel bad for Lou. Um, I want to talk about these water pills really quick. Oh my God, yes. What is pills. that about? What are water pills? So Sonia said that they're a diuretic. I guess they're just to dehydrate you, which is such a stupid idea like. if you're going to be drinking. But also, like, I, it, it made me feel so bad because she's trying to lose this weight, but then she's got Ramona, who's like a shit friend, being like, I'm thinner than you right now. Like, you know, yeah. Ramona yeah. body shaming is so the fact, well, she's, she's kind of like, she's a male, like the male, she's trying to be the male fantasy while also trying mm-hmm. to be this, like prim and proper, you know, good Catholic girl, quote unquote, cause she's got this yeah. huge boobs, but then she won't say that she puts on display, but then she won't say the word like vagina. She's like, vaginas are disgusting, you know? Yeah. So it's just like, it's, 
it's 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 like this very like 80s like playboy she's like this 80s playboy bunny version of like what's hot and sexy and what men like without being in touch with her own body and sexuality really at all and shaming all the women around her it's sad it's sad she did this to tinsley last season on their trip too when she like told tinsley well i look younger than you and you're like 20 years younger than me right disgusting Disgusting. It's it's actually a wonder that Avery doesn't look like a brat stall. It, like if with Ramona mm. as mom. Yeah. It don't get me started on Avery. <sighs> God, she fell so far from my good graces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this then spills over into Sonia's birthday night. We're actually like celebrating Sonia's birthday for a change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I I did like I felt uh like all warm from like Sonia's reaction to it. Like she really yeah. did appreciate it. Mm-hmm. It made me so happy, but and it also made me realize like Sonia really hasn't had this spotlight on her in a while. Yeah. I think she looks amazing in her testimonials. I, I feel like this year has actually been good for her. Cause she was at that mm-hmm. spot. She was quarantining like at a wellness spa or something like that. In Palm Springs, I think. Right. Yeah. Right. I think she's been detoxing. So she looks great now, but I, that it made me feel so warm to Dan, just to see her so happy. I mean, she doesn't, that's all she wants is like, you know, some support and some friend, some friendship. She doesn't need 65 girlfriends and, you know, yeah, I, I've, I love her. I love her. And to be honest, I would love to go to this, this restaurant. Yeah. Margaret, five margaritas stacked on the guy's head. Amazing. (laughs) It kind of reminded me of tortilla flats. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. R.I.P. Right. Oh my god, I walked by recently. It's gone. So sad. So sad. I've been going there since college and have had like so many fun, amazing nights there. It's this Mexican restaurant, for those who might not know, um, that closed yeah. in New York. That was an institution. Um, but yeah, that party looked, it looked like a lot of fun. I was having a lot of fun with them. Mm-hmm. So it kind of ends with Leah poking and prodding Ramona a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it was it was interesting, like watching Leah chase after Ramona. Yeah, to like to like to confront her and like have the conversation. And that's where like Ramona was like, "Oh no, I'm like a good Catholic girl." And then I, I this was my favorite line when Leah was like, "No, you're the turtle time bitch." <laughs> like, <laughs> um, yeah. Dan, it reminded me of remember when we did a whole episode about chase scenes in housewives oh yeah 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 yeah. we could have added that one because it was very heather thompson chasing ramona around aviva's anniversary party or whatever yes i mean ramona loves to run away from a problem (laughs) yes kind of like kind of like tamra in that way i don't know why i'm bringing up tamra so much but like they're kind of sisters in that like i feel like i'm getting all these flashes of like tamra just like frantically running oh yes Um, and I think they like they get along well, which is telling. Of uh, both of oh, them. I can oh, yeah. absolutely see that. I can absolutely yeah, see that. Yeah. So we're we're gonna be back in Mexico for the next episode, but why don't we get to this second episode of Potomac, which 
was so amazing because like we are now in the thick of it. Mm -hmm. Like episode one was good, but we were catching up. Right. We're wasting no time getting into it now. We're in it. Can I just, as we start Potomac, can I just note that Monique's bird has returned after flying away? It was a big drama last night that the bird flew away and now it's back. Yeah. T'Challa. I did not think and sound. I did mm-hmm. not think T'Challa was going to be flying <laughs> home. But what did this bird do for like the 24 hours it was away? I- <laughs> Maybe flew on over to Karen. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Go see Auntie Karen. <laughs> I know the bird right. didn't know where Karen lived, so maybe like right because Monique brought the babe, brought the bird instead of the baby. Yeah. Oh my god. Speaking of Karen, though, we are seeing one of the toughest scenes we've ever seen on Potomac. Oh, devastating! Karen pleading for an "I love you." Okay, but that scene started with just hearing Karen's moans and going through her house to figure out what the source of her moans were. It was a weird open. (laughs) Alex was like, is the volume not on right now? Because at first there was nothing, and then we just like hear moans all of a sudden. The editors of Potomac are, like, they're, you can tell they're specific to that franchise. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But they're having the times of their lives. Yeah, they are. They're getting creative. Yeah, so I mean, things don't look good for Ray and Karen. Um, yeah, TBD with that. But I almost feel I almost kind of feel like Karen is like producing this storyline, though. Mm. Like she's like, or, or or she's taking advantage of what's going on in her marriage okay. for for the cameras. Yeah. It kind of. I think like Karen, as a person, had to make that choice of showing this on camera. So I agree. I think it's there was a lot of thought that went into like making this year's storyline about her and her husband because she's kind of a secretive type who would not necessarily want to show that kind of thing. So I, I agree. Yeah. So do you think it's legitimate or do you think it's, do you think it's legitimate? Do you think she's making this up? Good question. I, I think it's, I think it's legit, but I, I think that she must be out the door to, to be, to be showing it on television. Like it's, it's kind of like, so she can say like, see, like he did, wouldn't even say I love you. So I think she is completely out in sure. her mind. And she's sure. like, I'm just going to let this play out on camera. And he should have just yeah. fucking said, I love you. But yeah, it, there, there felt that there's, there's something else happening there. Yeah. yeah. When, when she was talking about three words at first, I was like, I wonder what those three words are. <laughs> I, know. I was like, is it something dirty? Like, yeah. yeah. For him to say, come through queen. Yeah, come through queen. (laughs) Yes, right. It reminded me of like when Shannon and David were like in the Mm -hmm. kitchen. Yeah. And like their marriage. And and what was that? Like a couple years ago, a couple seasons back where like he wouldn't say like, like, thanks for making dinner. Yeah, she was like cooking a sad meal and he just like would not acknowledge her. Yeah. Right, right. It's like maybe that's like the death, the death knell of a, a marriage on yeah. Real mm-hmm. Housewives. It's like sad scenes. What I did love is Monique and Giselle getting together. Same. Yes, yes, I like this pairing. I also like that 
Monique really eats yeah. <laughs> on camera. And like, did you guys like, I don't, I don't know if I was only, it was only me distracted by that, but I was like, she's eating, she's chewing. She's not ashamed. Yeah. She's not afraid. She's not like Heather on Selling Sunset, who's like, I'll yeah. have water yeah. for lunch. It's interesting. And I think there was a special <laughs> that came out about Real Houses OC. I want to say their hundredth episode mm-hmm. special, where there was a whole section devoted to the fact that they have an agreement. The cast has an agreement with each other that they never will like actually eat on camera because they don't want to be like shown chewing. Yeah. So this is refreshing because other casts have like made a point to not show it. Yes, that's it. That's so interesting because it felt like something we've never mm-hmm. seen before. It was so simple, but yeah. it felt. I mean, fresh. also they're eating stuff that I want to eat. Like later on at the group dinner, Giselle and Robin are sharing Bronzino. I was like, "Oh, it sounds good." Meanwhile, mm. on Beverly Hills, I noticed Kyle ordered her salmon. Well done, which I had never heard in my life. That sounds so, like opening like a can of like cat food. Like I'll have my salmon. Well done. Right. But I think she got raw, raw fish as the starter. Oh, yeah. And she got like tuna tartare to start, right? <laughs> so she got like raw fish and then like super well. Anytime oh, anyone orders something well done, I always think of Donald Trump and his steaks. Yeah. 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 It's a little day class A, I guess. Yeah. I want to, I, I want to say like this dinner, I was like, could they not? spring for like a private room somewhere because it felt a little cramped there's something bizarre about it being like in the middle of a restaurant with like all these other diners around them especially because yeah. it was an event that like they sent out invitations for yeah exactly it felt like it was deserving of like a little more formality mm-hmm. yeah. so the event is in honor of ashley getting her out of the house like while giselle and monique are planning it they're watching ashley's essentially postpartum Instagram stories about like all her struggles and stuff, uh, which is obviously tough to watch. They also discuss Sharice being at Candace's anniversary party and apparently Mm -hmm. how much Monique despises Sharice now. Monique is just like you, Dan. I know. Yeah. (laughs) That got me on (laughs) team Monique so quickly. Uh, okay, so I need I need a little refresher. Is was Sharice in the first season? She was in the first, the first two seasons. Two. And a friend of okay. for the set for the third yeah. or no? I think she might have been a friend of the third. Yeah. Okay, because I came on last season. I came to Potomac late yeah. and just jumped right in last season. I'm not even sure if she had a cameo last season at all. I don't think she did. Yeah. But she, yeah, I don't think she did because I don't remember her. She's coming back now as like a troublemaker, I think. Okay, this is this is this is good context. Yeah, yeah. For why yeah. she's upsetting Monique so much. So apparently, she's been spreading these rumors that Monique is cheating. Yeah. on Big Boy. Yeah. Oh my God, the way that Giselle described it had me cracking up, and she's like, "And then Big Boy found out." Yeah. <laughs> Giselle is hilarious, and. So when I was watching um, the conversation on race today, I I was getting like some like very sisterly vibes between Garcelle and Giselle Mm. and just felt like they have similar confidence. They have similar, um, I don't know, there's similar energy to both of them. Mm -hmm. And I, I was like, I wonder if they'd be friends in real life or if they're, they're almost too similar where it would be like two mag, two positively charged magnets or something like that. I think with like Giselle, 
whether the person is like on her, sh- as she views it, her show or over in Beverly Hills probably plays a big part into it. Because I think mm-hmm. the reason Giselle had so many problems with Monique was that Giselle felt threatened by Monique coming into the show. Because she was like another mm-hmm. young, pretty housewife. Beautiful. With so much money. With money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, yeah. A bird. A bird now, T'Challa. <laughs> Potty training her children. At nine months old. Wild. Wild. That was, that's, you know, I have a friend who also did the same thing and she told me she would carry around this little potty, you know, for her infant. And then seeing um, Monique do that was, it was like normalized potty training. Yeah. Hashtag normalized early potty (laughs) training. I mean, like, I didn't even know that was an option. So like, when and if I, uh, we do have kids, I'm going to like give that a shot. Less diapers to change. Why not? Yeah. There are so, it's actually really interesting. Um, you can look on, you can search the go diaper free hashtag uh-huh. on Instagram, but there's a whole universe for it. And the idea is that infants, whether they're mammals, any kind of mammal or human, have an instinct to go to the bathroom away from the nest. Yeah. And that there, there is, um, it's like biologically, like they don't want to be sitting in their own filth. You can cut this. You don't no, need to. No, no. <laughs> interesting. Um, but my my friend like potty trained her her sons before, like like, but I think before she even left the hospital after she had them. That's how early you can do it. But it requires extreme attachment parenting because you have mm. to be so tuned into you know, when they ate, what they ate, what they're having a reaction to, what you're eating that's transferring to them through their breast milk that they could potentially like have a bad reaction to. But apparently you save so much money on diapers. They don't go overnight either. Like they know, they know to go to the bathroom, like in a specific place. So it's, it is interesting. Definitely interesting. But there's a whole, like, it's like a total, like, it's a, if you want to go down like a parenting rabbit hole, yeah, it's all, it's all out there. Wow. So, <laughs> no, I mean, I love it so much. <laughs> I, like, I definitely, that's the type of thing I would read about. Um, I want to bring up Dr. Wendy and Candace and them hanging out. Last season, what I called for at the end of the season was Candace needs a friend. Mm-hmm. And she finally has one. Uh, great call. I love they, it. They heard you and they answered. Because like last season, it was it, like Candace is a villain. And so like most people are going to be going up against her. Like the only ally she would have occasionally would be Karen. And that's so strange because of like the big age difference and everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad she has Dr. Wendy now. My one complaint, though, is we're now two episodes in. Where is our getting to know Dr. Wendy intro? Right. We haven't gotten, like, the typical this is who this housewife is thing. She's kind of still just being, like, In the room? Yeah. In the room. It's it's bizarre. I mean, we we got, like, one scene with her at home where – where we were introduced to yet another housewife's son named Cruz. Wow. Which I think brings us to tally of three because there's two on Dallas. Um, But yeah, we didn't, we didn't get that. That's like a package that I'm missing. And so I'm feeling, I'm still not feeling super like connected to Wendy. I think we're going to get it next episode. 
I will say I enjoy like watching her and like watching her be in the mix with these women at that like uh, at the party scene. I just like enjoy what she's bringing already, even if we haven't gotten like the formal introduction. Yeah. Also, I like that she's friends with Candace because she can help Candace and give her some of her skills. Because I don't know if you saw today, but Kiki Palmer tweeted today that we need a millennial version of the view and she's like wanting to start it and Candace threw her name in the ring with Kiki. So I think Dr. Wendy can help her with like that commentating political experience. Sure. I would watch that. Yeah. That sounds great. I think that would be an awesome format for Candace. Same. Yeah. Okay. The Juan and Giselle scene so wild yeah Juan and Giselle sit down Juan invites Giselle without telling her why he's coming and he announces that he wants to propose to Robin again I think the wild part of this to me was like I my experience with Juan is that he's like one of the shire yeah house husbands so for him to put himself out there in this like solo scene with Giselle is like wild to me and then like we had the whole thing last year with the with the matching tattoos in the ring area yeah and so it's very camera yeah (laughs) true yes and then as we've discussed i think last week there are rumors about juan and him potentially having like living a whole nother life with another woman Mm, i hope not that is so upsetting to me same it's just rumors. Because I want to root for them. Robin seems like a genuinely good person. And so that, that just breaks the my heart. The best person. The heart of the franchise. I, that's what I always say. She's the heart of the franchise. <laughs> Do you yes. say that? That's just hilarious. Like, like, even when she's getting a little messy and like getting down in the dirt, like she still has like a good like sensibility about her, I think. You're right. She's She's steady. Yeah, yeah. But that that is upsetting to me about Juan. That's messy and and I just I don't understand with these people on shows how they think that their shit's not gonna get out there. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is all alleged and it's something that someone posted on an Instagram or a Facebook post on our Facebook group. So I can't confirm it, but sometimes when the streets are talking, yeah. We right. need to listen. We need to listen. Right. Okay, let's yeah. get to this party. This little dinner. I love yes. I love the seating arrangement. I love Ashley sitting at the head. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone looked beautiful. Everyone looked beautiful. Uh, we learn <laughs> about, oh God, Ashley oh God. talking about the tear in her butthole. <laughs> it was like, it's funny, but then like their reaction was so funny. Like people like gagging at their seat. <laughs> I know. I know that was kind of gross. I mean, yeah. did Ashley have to go there? I don't know. It felt. I. I mean, I like. I like Ashley, but that just felt like. That just felt childish. Yeah, she's been in her bubble for so long that I feel like. Everything like she just wants to talk about everything on her mind. Right. Like everything mm-hmm. she's going through. Right. 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 Uh, but I mean, there's like a bunch of back and forths. I mean, like it comes up with the Cherie stuff and like. Monique's response was was pretty funny. She's like, "Oh man, like I felt like I was dodging dodging a warthog at a Candace's." <laughs> <spot."> 
That's so rude. Monique has come so alive this season. Like, she Mm -hmm. has had such a journey. I feel like her first season, she didn't really pop. Like, she was a little nervous, I want to say, back in season two. Her husband is a good man. Her husband's my favorite house husband. Oh, good. Big boy. (laughs) Which is so, hopefully she's not running around with him, or with the trainer on him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think that trainer's gay. Oh, okay. So then, so then why, why wouldn't she say? Oh, wait, no, never mind. I'm getting, sorry. I'm getting confused. I had a momentary blip in my brain. When I thought of trainer, I thought of Karen's trainer from the beginning oh, of the yeah. episode. Sorry. Oh, okay. So okay. then why wouldn't, you're right. Because if he was gay, why wouldn't Monique be like, yeah, like Sharice was spreading ridiculous rumors about me. Like it wouldn't seem so yeah. taboo. She wouldn't be so against just saying what the rumors were. But yeah. then Giselle was like, mm-hmm. oh, well, I love that Giselle was just like, so what happened was this. But yeah. Monique definitely would have, if 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 there wasn't more to it, she would have just said it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Do we think Sharice is getting any sort of check this season? Yes. Yeah. Because I think like she okay. pops up in the preview. Like, so she's going to be in more episodes. Okay. They definitely get some sort of fee for showing up multiple times. Yeah, totally. It's just like last week's episode when she like greeted whoever she like didn't even seem to be Mike. So maybe she's like a later in the season edition now that she is causing drama. Yeah. The last big thing was Candace and Ashley having it out. And who, who wanted to do it? separate was it ashley or candace it was candace i think candace wanted to like was like this isn't place yeah let's talk about this like not at your baby baby dinner but and she was like when what did ashley say she was like i mean i'm i'm willing to talk to you if you actually mean it but i don't know if you're you're going to mean it yeah Mm -hmm. so in that in that regard i do think candace approached this the right way because like there was no way she was going to win in this group setting right right exactly Mm -hmm. so this is actually another to be continued so we'll probably pick up with this dinner this next episode one thing i wanted to mention and we would be remiss as come through queen not to mention is the scene with karen at the bar um <laughs> talking to the bartender and demanding honey mustard to go with her french fries <laughs> i feel like that's important for our podcast to mention given that one of our recurring characters is one honey mustard girl yeah big honey mustard fan <laughs> <laughs> i mean who doesn't love honey mustard honey mustard with french fries is actually like my preferred sauce too uh, i don't like it I'm a I know. I'm just like, give me ketchup and, and that's it. And I'm happy. Well, do you, do you see any use for honey mustard? Like even a chicken tender or nugget? I'm, I'm a vegetarian. So I really, I feel okay. like I can't speak on this. Okay. I can't, mm. I can't say. What's your favorite sauce of all sauces? Anything pesto, anything with like Ooh. basil and garlic. Zesty. Nice. Wow. Yes. Zesty. <laughs> I love it. Okay, I think that's it for Potomac. Let's wrap this all up with our Freak of the Week and the One True Queen. So with the Freak of the Week this week, we got some help from Hannah. She was particularly inspired by one person's freakish behavior, and that would be 
one Ramona Singer. Yes. Anna, what 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 bothered you about Ramona this week amongst the many things she has done? I mean, this past episode of New York, we open and close the episode with Ramona railing against her own anatomy, saying that pussies are disgusting, vaginas are disgusting, and I absolutely disagree. A woman's body is beautiful and deserves respect, and seeing women put down our own bodies and each other's bodies really upsets me. That compounded with everything else that Ramona's done this season on the show and online makes her a freak. For sure. Now, on a more positive note, we have two queens this week. I would say this Mm -hmm. is shared between Rihanna and Karen Huger. So (laughs) Karen Huger last week was doing one of her famous Instagram lives, which she was dragged for, I can't remember if it was last season or the season before, when they went down to New Orleans. She didn't want to go out with the girls. And instead, she did an Instagram live in her hotel room. That Iconic. Made fun of. Uh, so on last week's Instagram live, Rihanna popped in. And for the full story, let's get it from page six. So compliments by Fenty. Rihanna tuned into Real Housewives of Potomac star Karen Huger's Instagram chat on Wednesday and sent positive vibes to Huger. Rihanna wrote, proud of you, Karen, uh, during Karen's Instagram live. She actually like, commented a bunch of things. She like said how, she, how much she loved Garcelle as well. Um, but we all know Rihanna is a longtime fan of Bravo, Page Six continues. Mm-hmm. The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills star Kyle Richards even telling the Los Angeles Times in 2018, one of my favorite stories is my daughter was at a karaoke place and someone came in and there's like a commotion, a big entourage. She turned around and was talking to her friends and then she felt a tap on her shoulder and she turned around and it was Rihanna. And Rihanna goes, oh my God, I'm obsessed with you. And my daughter starts to cry and goes, I'm so confused. What's <laughs> happening? <laughs> I would love to know which daughter this I is. Was, it's gotta be like Farah, right? Is she the oldest one? Like I feel like Farrah though is like one like is less recognizable to me than like Alexia. Right. They they look more like Kyle. Oh, and they Well maybe maybe it was Farrah and Rihanna thought it was Sheena Shea. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh so page six also wrote the umbrella singer also follows housewives including Erica Girardi, Dorit Kemsley, and Dorinda Medley. So this got me so curious. I was like wondering, are those the only three that Rihanna follows? So I went to Rihanna's account and checked out to see who she's following in this Bravo cinematic universe. So of course, as Page Six mentioned, she's following Karen, Erica Jane, Dorinda, and Dorit. And then also she's following Katie from Vanderpump Rules and Mm -hmm. tanya from atlanta iconic is this an exhaustive list or is this just the ones that you follow no because i brendan i created that account to follow all the bravo people that's like separate from our oh yeah dan has a burner troll account it's not a troll account (laughs) it's just like it's because i don't want all of them in my feed like if i'm just casually looking 
But if I'm like, oh, let's see what's going on with the ladies, like I'll hop on over to a different account. It was, it was, it was definitely a, a come through queen business. Idea. Yes. Okay. Wait. Okay. So thank you, A, for doing this important work. Seeing these, <laughs> seeing this list, it's it's a little bit of a shock. I mean, Katie Maloney is a shock. Katie Maloney, yeah. I can point to the exact moment it was because yes. Rihanna posted something, a video of Tom Schwartz recalling like his nights during a yes. Vanderpump Rules yes, trip. Yes, I remember this. Yes. And, and like she like iconically posted it and I think Katie probably got in her comments and that's probably why Rihanna ended up following yes, her. Yes, I remember yeah. that. That was amazing. I think it must feel so good. Like Katie's dealt with so much bullshit on the show, but if she can go to sleep at night thinking, you know what, Rihanna follows me, like that's how Katie's able to be so confident. Like that would give me so much yeah. like energy. I like if I was having a bad day, <laughs> I would I would just think I would think of that and and feel pretty good about myself. Yeah. I mean this whole Same. list I could think and talk about. I could like have a whole episode talking about these six follows. Oh, yeah. Because it's just so interesting. You to know me. Kyle's so upset that she's not on this list. Yeah. One thousand percent. And I could picture like Erica being an early follow and Dorit is probably more recent. Mm-hmm. 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 And then I'm just trying to think who else is not on here that I that I would expect to be on here. Like I'm kind of I guess I'm not I wouldn't be surprised if Sonia made the list too. Mm-hmm. Sonia's I mean, social media is not great. It's like really messy mm-hmm. and it's not even like a, a much of a her life. It's like reposting meme accounts and stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's no car. I would like to see Portia on here. I think Portia deserves. Yeah, Portia does deserve Good a spot. Point. Or, or yeah. even like yeah. a Bethany. No Bethany love here. Mm. Her Instagram stories are too unhinged, I think, for Rihanna to be able to watch. Yeah. But speaking of Bethany, uh, we do want to mention this week, uh, Brendan and I guested on another podcast called everyone's business but mine hosted by Kara Berry we did a special patreon episode uh with her recapping the second episode of Bethany Ever After so if you guys are interested in that head on head on over to Kara's patreon she has already recapped all of uh Bethany getting married and she's moved on to Bethany Ever After and it was so fun actually yeah it was so much fun Brendan and I both watched both the first and second episode of Bethany Ever After. And it's just such an interesting moment in time. Mm-hmm. What a time capsule. It's after Beth, Scrappy Bethany and before Bethany had cashed all the checks. Mm. You know? I Yeah, the show really focuses like on her fame in a weird way, which is wild. Yeah. But it's like she finally found this guy... And she was getting the dream and her happy ending. Poor woman. Yeah. The the writing the writing on the, is on the wall. Watching it back, mm. like of their relationship, it's bleak. Yeah. But while we are promoting other podcasts, we once again have to mention everyone needs to go check out the Kinswomen. Anna, tell us again where to find it. Yes. 
So you can listen to us anywhere you listen to podcasts and follow us on Instagram at kinswomen underscore podcast or check out our website at kinswomenpodcast.com. We talk about race between women of color and white women. Oftentimes we highlight women of color, but we do have a couple white women come on the show as guests like Hannah Burner, who will be our guest next week. So stay tuned for that. Um, I feel like this audience would would like that. It'll be a good intro into into Kinswomen. So yeah, thanks for letting me shout it out. Jeez. This has been a pleasure, truly a dream. You guys are awesome. And to be a part of this, um, something that I've listened to all the time, just it makes me so happy. So thank you. Well, we'll definitely be excited to have you back, hopefully sometime soon. So mm-hmm. thank you for joining us again. As usual, you could follow Come Through Queen on Twitter, on Instagram. We've been much more active than we used to be. It's Dan is having podcast. the time of his life on Instagram. <laughs> Great content. Uh, you could f- <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, you could follow Brendan at Not Brendan. You could follow me at IDK IDK on Twitter. And I think that's it. Like, comment, subscribe, heart show, retweet. Love us, love us, please retweet. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.